Welcome to Triumph and Disaster, a show dedicated to manly creativity and culture. Brought to you by your host, Cameron McHarg. Hey guys, it's Cameron McHarg and we're back with Triumph and Disaster. And I just wanted to say thank you, actually, to everybody who was listening to the first episode with Brian Larkin. Wow, I, I heard a lot of feedback, a lot of comments, got a lot of love for that, and it couldn't have uh, made me happier. I mean, it's I've heard a lot. It's uh, it's really kicked off well, so I really appreciate that. Just a quick note on that. We actually, um, I didn't plan on putting his episode out quite so soon. I wanted to get a few in the can, basically, um, and put them all out at once for iTunes, uh, iTunes, I didn't have it up on iTunes quite yet. I just had it out on SoundCloud uh, when I put Brian's episode out there. And um, now it's up with Kevin Schulman, who I'll tell you about in just a minute. But um, if you enjoyed uh, last week's episode with Brian, if you could uh, just give us a rating and a review on iTunes, it would really be helpful to keep us uh, going forward with this. I put it out a little early because Lennon Has Fallen, his movie Lennon Has Fallen was out and doing really well at the box office. And I really just kind of wanted to help him, you know, strike while the iron was hot. And help out with that. Um, so, again, for whatever reason, with this episode with Kevin, we ended up outside in a, like a big kind of shopping area. This time, uh, it was outside the Arc Light in Santa Monica, and uh, so you can hear some like uh, outdoor kind of cheesy shopping mall music in the background a little bit. It's not bad though; it's really not bad. But just so you know what that is, and um, so yeah. <laughs> I don't plan on making this a habit, but that's just how it happened. Both these guys are super busy guys, and this is where we wound up doing it. Um, just real quick, a little bit about Kevin. You know, the first time we actually met, I actually, I was working my my sort of day gig, so-called, was uh, I was working a door. I was working a door at a bar, and it was like a VIP membership sort of bar on Sunset Boulevard. I won't say what the name is. It's not even there anymore, actually. But they did sort of a, <laughs> there was like a backroom, kind of a shady, not quite legal poker game that they did there once in a while. Um, with the members of this club and he was part of it. So uh, that's actually the first time where we met and then we've hung out a good handful of times since. And um, he's a good guy. He's a really, really smart guy, really, really hardworking guy. And uh, this episode has a much different vibe than the one with Brian Larkin. We're in this one. We're joking around quite a bit more. He, um, yeah, that's just how it worked out, but he does get to the meat and potatoes of, uh, of uh, cinema, what that means to him, and directing and producing, and and uh, what it's all about, and the kind of hard work that it takes to get him where he is. Yeah, this new Charles Manson movie he's producing. He's has this actor. I wish I could tell you who it was. I wish I could tell you who it was. It's really exciting. Guinevere Turner, who wrote the screenplay for American Psycho, wrote the screenplay for this one. Um, Brett Easton Ellis wrote the book, and she she uh, wrote the screenplay for American Psycho. But this. Uh, this one's this is going to be good. I'm really, really excited for him, and I think he's really going to be taking off soon. So uh, anyway, hope you enjoy. Here we are with Kevin Schulman on Triumph and Disaster. <laughs> hey, guys. So I'm here with Kevin Schulman, and we are, uh, once again, I don't know why we're doing this, but I'm, I'm outside again in another park, like shopping center. Yeah, it's a huge mall, and... I'm not ashamed to admit that we had a beer just now before we came down here. But now we're having a Starbucks. That's how you, that's how you make this whole experience palatable. <laughs> um, 
but we are at a Starbucks. Yeah. We figured this is a safe haven. Why? Because what's the because all because you see all like the screenwriter like the one of the people with the laptops. Yeah, so we won't be hassled by the man, hopefully. Right, right. So we will have a no repeats of like don't tease me, bro. Exactly. I'd love to see you get tased. But anyway, so do uh, you want to kind of introduce yourself to everybody? You want to say who the f you are? For all ten people listening out there. Yes. And what what uh what type of you it was a specific niche, wasn't it, that you directed? Yeah, yeah, I uh, uh thank you. Thank yeah. Um So your name being Kevin Schulman. Right, nice nice So you're you, so how 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 did that work out? <laughs> So how long uh, how long were you, did you do this and you want to talk a little bit about this a little bit about your experience Okay, much like Steve Martin. Yes. And, uh, no, I'm dating myself there. You guys got to look up the jerk on that one. Anybody born after like 1990 or Exactly. I guarantee you there are people that don't even know who Steve Martin is that are probably listening to this thing. Indeed. Yeah, uh, people. that's uh, that's film school, right?
Wow. Literally commuting back and forth between Ventura, Santa Barbara, and Los Angeles, and then finally I had to just move. Was that Chapman or something, or what, no, what's up there? That was, uh, that was it's Brooks Institute. Oh, Brooks, Sorry, yeah, yeah, Brooks. That's what I actually yeah, was thinking. Brooks, in, uh, Orange or something. Orange County, where it's where it's uh, a lot sunnier and uh, <laughs> people are nicer. That's like Santa Barbara too. Yeah, yeah. same shit. But did you bail out of film school after that? No, or? no, I stayed. I stayed because. Um, uh, uh, sorry, uh, I, so someone's calling me named Ruben now. How dare he! Means that I made his ID tag at the time, and I was trying to articulate to myself that must this, call him this now. Is Ruben's cell phone now. Oh, presently. Yeah, his number now. He changes it up every. He has uh, yeah, burners. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Uh, so then I went. I, was, I eventually had to move out. To LA while I was still in film school, and that led to like them changing like curriculum and stuff for me so I could just go out there and, and do my thing. But so I directed at first uh, maybe 10 to 20 music videos for this company, then I moved on to starting my own. And you know, this is with all the relationships you kind of gather with, um, from the, you know, commissioners, the record label, product managers, stuff like that, the artists themselves. Um, so for all intents and purposes, I began my film career in the music industry. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, music video, yeah. I think they're like the bastard son of the music industry. Right. Right. Do you have any, uh, I'm I'm sure you do before I even ask. Can you... What's the most brutal story from the music video era? We're gonna get. I want to get into the rest and what you're up to now in a second, but I can't pass this up. I'm sure there must be something. I mean, did you have like a? Did you ever have like a like a ten hour wait in that or, or anything like that? <laughs> I was and, uh, I was kidding actually. What do you want to do? Am I hot swapping this crew out for another crew, or shooting us like this here, or are we going to be in the OT the entire time? Basically, I'm, I'm saying, how much contingency is there in this music video at that time? And this is when you were basically like 21 or 22 or something. And uh, when that happened, I was like 24, 25. Well, still. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the craziest story? Um, That's already pretty crazy. I went left set to uh, go. I, I kind of like was just in a real mood. And I left set to get a breather to drive because I wanted to drive the picture car, which is a Lamborghini. Okay. Um, and I left set and... Uh, I pulled into a gas station. This is in my favorite area to shoot music videos in, which is uh, Huntington Park, which is just outside of downtown Los Angeles, uh, in what is called unincorporated LA. Right. And Huntington Park, what makes it so unique is they have a freestanding permit 
where so you basically you can keep anywhere as long as you have permission from one person who is the chief of police, which is he's like your dragon buddy. And am I wrong? But I you know, Huntington Park is also. Uh, that's not exactly. I mean, that's a bit of a rough area. <laughs> that's, yeah. So with this brilliant idea of trying to get a breather, and I parked at this gas station with the picture car, and lo and behold, somebody tries to mug me at knife point. Okay. And I was literally standing there with like the knife in front of me and right when that happened like one of the uh, clerks like the chick behind the cashier was like this 50 year old uh, Hispanic lady Mm -hmm. ran out and started screaming at the dude like she recognized the dude like maybe he had stuck people up at this area before oh my god not you again yeah exactly (laughs) Uh uh-huh so when that happened, he looked the other way. I circled immediately around him as fast as I could before he was able to notice what was going on. And I got into the car and drove away with the pump still <laughs> in it, pumping gas. Um, wow. Yeah. So that was that's one of them. And then other times that I, could have that could have turned pretty sour. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had. Uh, one time I had a fire commissioner extort me for $800 cash because technically I was shooting on a stage. I was shooting uh, on a stage in Hollywood, a very prominent stage, and they didn't quite have the freestanding fire permit that we would have needed right. to be able to have vehicles inside the actual stage, but it was like a minor technicality because the vehicles weren't going to be turned over. Right. Like there's be no, it's just basically shooting a car inside a stage. Is it, so he technically could shut us down, so I had to bring him $800 in a cup just like this, a Starbucks cup. Wow. You had to do some palm, some palm greasing. Right. Hardcore. That's a lot of filming. I mean, that's actually, I was when you were saying that, that reminded me a little bit about Werner Herzog actually always talking about doing shit like that, breaking into places and taking bolt cutters with you wherever you go and doing whatever it takes. See, that's why he's fantastic. I love that guy. Because uh, that, that's the kind of gangster mentality that you need to be able to pull off this kind of crap. Uh, it's really is like a, a young and like dumb man's game. Like you think you can't really be touched. That's kind of the mentality you have to be able to. Move. Like naive, naivete is sort of an asset in a way, like or just like sort of this boldness where you feel like. I heard this interview with. Did you hear the, this uh, interview with William Friedkin? I think it was with Mark Marin. Did you listen to that thing? And he, he talked about. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty recent. He was. I just something about it when he was doing um, uh, French Connection. <laughs> Apparently, the chase scene. I love William Freak. Okay, but anyway, he, the chase scene, apparently it was like 90 miles an hour in the middle of New York, and they didn't actually have that blocked out. I mean, they didn't have the streets closed. He he fucking filmed that in the middle of, like, life. From, like, uh, the, the McQueen movie? Yeah, the French Connection. Yeah, the French Connection. 
Which is still that that scene still holds up, by the way. You guys got to see the French Connection. Anybody that doesn't know, you got to look up the French Connection. <laughs> Turn it off now, or go watch it now and come back. Yeah, and uh, who else is my cousin listening to this? Okay. And he, but he talked about how he felt completely invincible. He didn't even think about it. Like he didn't think he was going to like blow into a lady with a stroller or something, which could have happened easily. Yeah, he can't believe that he survived it. Actually. Well, that's why we're here, my friend. Yeah. Oh, I think I know what you're talking. Right, right, right. Invincibility or? Right, 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 right. Which, no. So, all right. We haven't, uh,. By the way, you guys, this is one of the few times that I've hung out with Kevin where we weren't shit housed. Yeah, that's true. We're both alcoholics. Right. So, yeah, you're so you so you mentioned yes. Uh, so talk, so that can we can with that we can actually segue very nicely into you being half Irish. Uh, and and your film uh, your short film uh, in Ireland. That's it. What part? It's, uh, it's called Docky. I don't even. I haven't heard of it. Uh, it's like a, let me let me put it in my lifetime. That's the uh, Brentwood. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Um, so, I didn't know something like that would exist over there. Well, they're doing all right for themselves lately, apparently. <laughs> okay. See, when I was in Ireland, I, I remember being on a bus at like on a Saturday morning and seeing a crew like three or four young guys coming in with their hair all messed up and dried blood all over their shirts and faces. But that, but that's you know, yeah, that's more my experience and <laughs> what I would expect. God bless them. <laughs> well, I think we've done that, actually. We have done that. Right. Top of the morning to you. Um, so, anyhow, yeah. Uh, so, that did well, and that got you your first feature, which you just shot, Yes. Uh, they make mostly uh, 
like Christmas movies, like, like successful Christmas movies. And, Kevin Schulman fair. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I love me some Christmas, but uh, they're getting into oh, and that's not true. They make also like. Like teeny bopper, like coming of age. Oh, okay, all right. Not teeny bopper, like booby movies, but more like. Right, right. Okay. Because that's where the money is, right? Wow, that's a lot of movies. Okay, right. It's their momento. Yeah, that's right. Of sorts. Of, uh, yeah, of sorts, <laughs> yes. Um, except it doesn't have any... It has Australian... Any amnesia? Oh. No, it does. No, no, it does have that as well. But it no Australian actors. Yeah, well, no, there are Australian. Oh, in your, in your movie? Yeah, in my movie. Are they, are they, is, are they supposed to be American? Yes. Okay, the, you're, you're running into a, a problem with me here. Not, not with them personally. God bless them for you know. But the, yes, as Americans. Well, which is, by the way, a lot of what the show. Well, not directly is about, but the show is about. Here's the thing. I don't think the United States is in short of uh, or in shortage of. Uh, well, when we're talking specifically about like. Well, I'm talking specifically about like sort of a the old school tough guy, like a Lee Marvin or a Steve McQueen or. A, Exactly that 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 ilk, that ilk. If you were going to make a movie like that with a guy, sort of whatever the modern equivalent of that today, odds are good you might wind up with an Australian or a British or Scottish or some an actor from somewhere else. What the fuck is that? No offense to you, because I know we have we actually do have listeners in Scotland, besides my cousin and your mom. So, yeah. So I mean, and there are great. Here's the thing, real quick, before you answer this. There are amazing, great actors from all these places, but I mean, why would you hire an American to play uh, an English? I mean, even even James Bond, for example. Right. When you can find a really badass Brit to play James Bond, or what you know, I mean, or why would you, or a Shakespearean role, or you know? Okay. Okay, so I've talked to people about this, and even if I think it was a casting director, and somebody said, and I don't know if this is true or not, but they said that it, that that might be the case, and they said that it might be a cultural thing because in this country, guys who were back in those days, guys like Lee Marvin and the guys that we mentioned were actually like prior to their acting careers, they were pretty tough dudes. They they grew up in the Depression, they were in World War Two, they're you know. But now we have American guys that don't really act anymore, do you think? Do you think that they're, these are guys that are out fighting forest fires and going to Iraq and shit like that, not acting? It's really simple. I think cool that those in New York tend to be, for the most part, money-grabbed areas where they are teaching acting to actors who are so naive they don't understand that they are not getting the type of education that they need okay. to, 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 you know, it's just like working out to build their muscles to become an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you are studying drama or, you know, theater or you're even in an acting workshop in any other country, 
there's zero tolerance for that kind of scenario because there's no allure of of the BS glitz and stuff. There's no allure of saying like you know you're hip pocketed into oh, this actor. You know the, the instructor worked with such and such. Like in 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 Irish you know in Irish uh, film industry, it's like basically you have to be doing it because you absolutely love. Uh, you, you, you love drama. You love, right. You love performance. It's for the right reasons, in other words. It's not about trying to be famous or something. To be good. By the way, real, real quick, hip-pocketing is when an agent doesn't really necessarily sign you, but they sort of take you on not unofficially and get you out there. Is that basically what we were saying there when you mentioned hip-pocketing? The full benefits, or okay. So, so it's so it's more about people in this country that are doing it are not really doing it for the right reasons, and they're not really taking themselves seriously enough, really, for the most part. They're trying to look good. They're trying to get attention. Right. 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 For the most part, of course, there are exceptions. Right. Someone that did ten years of theater or something. Right, right. They're, they're, they're basically looking. This is, and this is a general, I'm generalizing. Sure. But that's what we're saying. So, uh, they really are here with expecting tricks to work. Mm -hmm. Like, being in the moment and, and, and being a student of the person who, the type of person that they're playing the character of, it seems to be as important Right, right. So, yeah. So, long story short, is it's there's no there's there's not a, as much of a respect to the craft of it as maybe they're depending more on person on their personality or their looks or something here more than it used to be. Right. I mean, in this last in this movie, we had it was the the male leads were Canadian and. Irish and the female leads were Australian and German. Wow. Like literally, I Yeah, you're not looking for it. Yeah. Uh, 
upset about that. I'm not in the minority here in thinking this. So take your shit seriously. In other words, right? You gotta you gotta put in the time that's the, that's the, that's and grind it. Quote unquote takeaway of the right. Don't 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 take away the hobo uh, the hobo knockout story. Right. Uh, no. Well, yes. By the way, whatever that noise is you hear in the background is not a murder. It's some kind of a. Yeah, there's some kind of a weird ad playing on a huge billboard screen. But anyway, I digress. So your movie. So we can go back to... Uh, so, Right. We had a little... Uh, a blackout of sorts just now, perhaps. And now foreign actors... So yeah, that's a that's a little thing of mine, though. But I... Uh, I find that disappointing. I, I, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to see that change. And again, like I said, you guys, it's, <laughs> I know they must be out there, but, but you know what I mean though? Like, look, I, if I see a, if I see a, a, an English guy playing a fucking, I don't know, a guy in a, yeah, you want to light one up? We're going to get kicked out. Oh, what are you going with? Okay. Marlboro. Um, you know, to see like a, well, there are exceptions. Like I was going to say a Western, like a, a Brit and a West, like Ian McShane is fucking amazing and Deadwood. Yeah, I, mean, Deadwood I love Ian McShane, but I'm just going to generalize again here just to see like a, a Brit and a Western pisses me off actually. And I would feel the same way about an American, I don't know, doing some fucking Shakespearean thing in London or something. Why would you do that? I just feel like, but anyway, we already talked about that. It's, it's a whole Right. That goes with everything, and I love that you said that, actually. So, again, with our takeaway, take your shit seriously. (laughs) Right. Right, right. Right, right. Oh, Oh, God, I fucking hate that corporate speak shit. Oh, God. Here it goes. So, obviously, you didn't do that. You went through kind of a a, a a while of a grind with this music video thing, with this short. Did you want to talk about the short at all besides that, or do you want to just go ahead and go right into your feet? Okay, so Patty's, Patty's in a boot. Patty's in a boot. This was a badass short, though. I, I saw this thing. It was, it was, it was bad. No, people watch it. Mm. Right. That is true often, though. Wow, that's where it is now. You feel him? 
Do you feel that you have a, a sufficient amount of control, like with this with this feature that you just made, um, of your own creative control of it? Why, really? So you indeed have uh, dropped your drawers. Okay. Okay, but that right leading into the the uh, the coup de gras, the big cherry on top of what we wanted to talk about here tonight is what you're moving into next, which is a pretty big deal, I think. I'm really really excited about it. <laughs> well, you know, only on Saturday nights, but so what is the uh, right? Uh, which he actually has. That's what it. Uh, that's okay. That's what explains what. Never mind. Well, exactly. I was gonna. Never mind. But anyway, so pumps. What is this movie that you're producing now? Not the, uh, not the gothy singer guy. Oh, it is about okay. Which is really, really exciting, and and the director what was it? What's her name again? Of what fame? Okay. And uh, you can't talk about any casting or anything at this point, though. Not yet. But you threw around privately some names that were really pretty exciting to me before last time we last time we talked at that. Uh, <laughs> I thought you couldn't. <laughs> For the Charles Manson story. Um, and there's, so, but this, this is a little bit of a different take on it, right? From what you told me last time. And this is this is factual or yeah. To this day, right? Are the I mean Okay. Okay. So it's not gonna. Okay. 
so you'll have what basically recreations of uh, some of these girls to today, or is it all like like sort of fit, faux interview kind of things? No, playing them today or in prison or whatever? Or are you talking all flashbacks? It's a narrative chronicling this woman's encounter with them and her personal life. But mainly, uh, it's, a, it's a, a journey that takes these women from where they were, where they were left, to where they are presently. And, um, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a... It's a, a Absolutely great piece of writing by Gwen Turner. Um, it's probably the best thing she's ever written, according to uh, Mary Heron. Wow. And that's, you know, that comes with American Psycho being included. Right. That's really, really fucking exciting, man. Yeah. And that's that's due to Get Rolling When? You're already in the middle of casting, right? Or? Yeah, that's right. We start shooting in August in Los Angeles. Wow. Holy shit. So this is a project I've been on myself along with Jeremy for, uh, I want to say at least five years. We, we, uh, yeah. yeah. And that's that's typical, isn't it, for a movie? Uh, I don't know. I don't really know. There's, there's no real set rules, but it does take a long time often. By the way, can we talk, you know, we've, you know, we've fucked around a lot in this, in this talk and that's fine and it's been good, but can you talk a little bit about that, about just, about your road from when you start to when you got here and, and like, can you just, because I think people are curious about what it would take, you know, what kind of, it takes, takes 10 years, <laughs> 10 years of what? Uh, pacing around rented bedrooms yeah. And you've had a lot of doubts over that 10 years or so? Uh, you know, I never had a lot of doubts. I had dark moments, dark periods of time. Yeah. Um, where, you know, literally they could last a year. Yeah. Um, nothing's working. You know, you're not making any progress with the project. You're stuck in the same rut. But I've always, I was one of the few people that was just like lucky to be able to have the day job be. Uh, you know, directing. Right, right. Well, what got you, what kept you going, man? What got you through those, those dark years and periods? Like, what, what was it? Bold, faith, egotistical, arrogance. You do it because mainly you, you pass an event horizon sort of, of where you are in the journey. You, you can't really quit anymore like I, I never really like I was I was raised to, to do this job by like my, my mom so it's like I, I was never really going to do anything else and I was I had, like factored out the military and you know that was that was this was the only thing that I was good at really that you could potentially see paying a life on you know, right on. so you you burn the bridge like there's that famous story. Well, some say it was like Julius Caesar. Some say it was, you know, whatever, the Greeks. Whatever. There's a story about how they landed. They crossed some big river. They were going to attack whatever someplace. And then they were ordered to burn their ships, burn the bridges, meaning they can't turn back. You have to go forward. You have you win or that or you die, and that's it. So it's basically you have to look at it like that. Right. What you have, that's your only choice. It's forward only. 
what is it that makes you uh what is it that makes you uh why though why why movie what why why movies and why what is it that drives you Is there any sort of discipline with it? Like with a lot of writers, for example, you know, whatever, they have a writing schedule. They get up in the morning or they step, you know, certain thing that they do every day. Is there anything like that that you, yeah, that you employ? You're asking what is, what is the, the inherent quality? Like what's the thing that you, you do? An inherent quality and, yeah, inherent quality, yes. And also, yeah. What is it about it that you love? Like, can you talk about that? Not just the making of it. I mean, I mean about cinema itself. Like, Yeah, definitely. I think none other has in, has an element of basically every other art thrown in at the same at the same time. And as a director and a producer, it's all of those things and even more. I feel like like one of the things that I learned myself personally that they that you don't learn at film school is is oh my god, there's so much, but but there is, but one of the uh, well it's not just one thing but there's a certain quality that uh leadership being being a leader being uh, i mean that it really is in that and that incorporates a lot of different things man i mean in dealing with these people for everybody else. You have to be 
That is what a leader is. Right. I think that's the number one quality of a leader is and and not asking anybody anything that you wouldn't do yourself. You know. <laughs> really, no shit, no shit. I mean, I really think there's a very, and I know it, it might sound ridiculous because you're talking about making movies, but in, in the whole process of making it, I don't think that's an exaggeration. I mean, it's on a smaller scale. Yeah, and and people that are. Right, right. Of course, of course. Yeah, it was I think Rommel. I don't remember the exact quote, but. <laughs> I don't know why it took this long to bring that up. Maybe not. <laughs> right. So anyway, yeah, why did I wait that long to bring up a Nazi general, field marshal, to be precise, um, to a guy named Schulman? <laughs> right. <laughs> That that aside, he, there was a and I don't remember unfortunately exactly what it was, but it was essentially. <laughs> I think I'll bring up a different quote, but this a different guy, but the same meaning. Like Tyson said, you, you know, you have a plan and a fight. What was his quote? Until you get punched in the face, right? Everybody has a plan until he gets punched in the face. Everybody, can you do it? Has a plan. Thank you, Mike. So Rommel said the same kind of thing. But yes, but that's true, right? By the way, we're going to wrap it up in just a few minutes. But um, when we were having a beer earlier, uh, Kevin was doing a variety of impersonations. <laughs> so, uh, give, give me a, for, let's start with an obscure one. Terrence Howard. It's hard out there for a showman. It's hard. And uh, everybody does a walk-in, but I, 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 I like to hear everybody's version of a walk. Oh, right. In a different situation. Oh, in a pool hall. Okay. Oh, okay. Very specific. Yes. Yes. Uh, can you do Christopher Walken? Oh, never mind. I'm not going <laughs> to. I was going to put him in an inappropriate situation. Um, right. And who else did you have? You did. You had a couple others. Tinroth dying in the back of the car of Reservoir Dogs. That is actually. <laughs> oh, you're doing Kaitel too? 
<laughs> You're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how this deteriorated into this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I know we didn't have uh, a hell of a lot of time. You got to get moving here in a minute. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about or plug before we take off? Okay. Okay. This is our closer. By the way, he just slapped me in the face. You didn't. You probably didn't hear that on the mic, but he actually slapped me in the face after that. <laughs> Dude, thanks for showing up. I really appreciate it. And really, really, I'm on a serious note. I'm really fucking excited for you about the Manson movie. I think that's that sounds so fucking amazing, and I'm really, really happy for you. <laughs> for me, okay. <laughs> well, you got my beer. I'll get your parking. Hey, thanks, man. Seriously. Kevin Shulman. You too. So that was Kevin Shulman. Hope you guys enjoyed that talk. I had a really fun time with it, obviously. We joked around quite a bit. I just wanted to let you guys know, though, that, you know, the first couple episodes here were for, I had an actor and writer, and now I have a producer director. And uh, I'm, I just want you to know that this is not entirely where this podcast will, will be headed. It's not, it's not all about movie, movie guys. It's just that that's my sort of personal connection. I'm I, that's what I'm involved with most, and that's one of my loves. Um, I have lots of interests, but that's what I do, and that's where that's who I have the most relationships with. So um, there there will be a lot of that, but there will be others in other fields soon, and you'll see. But just so you have that little disclaimer, I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, if you liked it, please give me some uh, some ratings and reviews on iTunes. I'd really appreciate it. It help keep this thing going, keep this thing growing. And we'll see you again soon on Triumph and Disaster. Disaster.